Hey friends. So I know we've been talking about a lot of really heavy things lately here on Crownly Cultivating. So I want to lighten the mood today. I want to talk about something that has just touched my heart really deeply. I want to talk about cornbread. You see, the first time that I ever... I cannot believe that you support cornbread. (gasps) Cancelled! Friends, have you ever dealt with cancel culture? Have you ever heard about being canceled or not really understood what that is? Well, today... I have one of my favorite people with me, and we're going to talk all about, well, cornbread. Hey friends, I'm Cassie, and I'm a married Spoonie who lives the chronic illness life. Here each week, I'll challenge you to live intentionally and authentically, where every spoon you use has a purpose and every step you take matters. Welcome to Chronically Cultivating. All right, friends. So you may be a little confused by my intro, but before we get there, I'm so excited to have Mike back on the podcast. He's been here a couple times and is becoming a staple feature face in with Chronic Cultivating. So Mike, thanks so much for coming back again today. Hello, everyone. And thank you so much for having me back again. I love being on here. And so thanks for wanting to have me back. Yeah. So, you know, we have talked about a lot of different things. We've talked about meditating. We've talked about the power of presence. You know, I think in light of all that's happening in our world, there's a lot of big discussions that are taking place right now. And I think it's important that we look at all perspectives. We see all sides. And so today we very thoughtfully want to talk about, and yes, as millennials, we want to talk about cancel culture. Before we start this off, Mike and I have a couple things to say so that we're all on the same page about the goal of this podcast. So one of the things that we want to really be clear about um, is one, here on Crimely Cultivating, we foster a community where we are going to disagree. We're going to have different opinions. But the thing is that on here, we want to make a space where everyone feels comfortable and safe to express what they're feeling and what they're going through and know that it's not going to just be taken at face value. We're going to grow with you and work with you in these things. When we're talking about cancel culture, um, and we'll get into what that means in a minute of all of this, we want to make some things really clear. Uh, we want you to know that we're not actually going to be taking a side today. So if you're coming to this podcast and you're expecting us to tell you why we're canceling cancel culture or why we support it, you're actually not going to hear either one of those things being brought up exclusively because we're not here to make your own opinions and give them to you. We want you to formulate your own opinions here. Yeah, and I, I think that's so important is to have a discussion where you're not going to be coming in and saying, oh, this is going to be the outcome that I want. It's like to have an open discussion and to understand different viewpoints and to see all sides and all opinions and perspectives. And what I think is one amazing thing is that we all can have opinions and we can all have different opinions. Variety is the spice of life. And I think that is a very interesting thing. And I think it's great to learn and grow with our opinions as well. Absolutely. So we want you to know we are not directing this at one specific thought, belief, anything. This is really 
generalized about cancel culture. And that's actually where cornbread came about. So for those of you that have been waiting for me to tie those words back in, when Mike and I were discussing, um, we both had been talking about cancel culture lately. So we decided that we wanted to really research it and bring it forward and talk about it with you here today. We didn't want to fixate on one issue because honestly, that would take hours and hours and hours and hours for one single issue. So we joking around use the word cornbread as a neutral word in our conversation. And so here we are today. Yeah. And I think what was so funny about that too is like when it comes to cancel culture, you're, you're talking about a sort of a belief system that you have that someone has challenged that belief. So something as simple as, I love cornbread. And then you have someone else who says, well, I hate cornbread. And so whatever beliefs are behind that, like when it comes to cornbread, it can be, you know, <laughs> a thing of taste or different things like that. So cornbread is a little general of a, a thing. And that's why we found it so comical. But it's that idea of these underlying beliefs that basically supercharge your opinions on things. If someone's like, oh man, I hate cornbread. And then like, you can't have that supercharge of like, oh my God, that person hates cornbread. So I can't be with that person because if I'm with that person, that means I believe the same things as them. And I think what is the most amazing thing is we can have different beliefs. And I think the most important thing is when you let your guard down and you make it a discussion of like, whether it's not a, this is right and this is wrong, but hey, let's discuss it. Let's talk about these things and let's understand where these beliefs come from. I feel like that's when you even give yourself an opportunity to grow because if you go into a discussion or into something with someone being like, this is right and this is wrong, you can't even understand someone else's point of view because you're so grounded in your point of view that you can't see their side. Exactly. And one of the things that we had talked about was even in the last podcast, if you tuned in, um, I spoke with Pastor Tom in episode 45, and we talked all about racial reconciliation. And we go really in depth to that specific issue at hand. So if you're looking for a really in-depth dive into that, I encourage you to go back and listen to that podcast. But, you know, one of the things that we talked about is we tend to make a lot of stuff about us in every way, shape and form. And if I were to say, well, I'm not going back to that restaurant because they serve cornbread or if Mike, if you order cornbread while well, I'm sitting here at this table with you when I'm not allergic to it, um, like why? And so the goal of all of this is to make you look at things, whatever perspectives and areas you're being challenged on personally, our goal is that by the end of this, you go, well, why? We want that to be the resounding question that you take from this. And then not just asking yourself why, but educating yourself on why. And so for those that don't know, cancel culture is kind of a newer age thing, I would say, that's come about with social media. And it's the act of publicly taking a stance to say somebody, a brand or a person or a belief is canceled. And you may have seen on Twitter, if you're on there, that someone may say someone's name and say um, is like, canceled party or is like, uh, is over. And it's, it's really kind of saying that what that person has done or stood for is so just wrong that they, there's no grace and they can never come back from it and they should be cut off from society in like the most cut and dry way. I don't know, Mike, if how you would kind of describe cancel culture as a brief explanation, but that's kind of the gist that I've always gotten and from the research that we did. 
Yeah, I, t- I totally agree with you. The idea of cancel culture, I think, really came about because of technology and because we have this, we have the internet where we can share opinions and we can get our information to a large amount of people fairly quickly. And so I think that's why now we're starting to see a lot of people getting canceled and bringing these things up because people are seeing things and saying, hey, I don't feel right about that. I don't think you should be saying things like that. And I think that that is wrong. Mm -hmm. And basically they're saying like, okay, now we have to totally disregard this person because what they've said is wrong. And I think the biggest piece of that is kind of like, we're thinking like, do we totally just cancel someone out just because they have a difference of opinion or that they have done something wrong to us? And if you think about it, it's like in the playground and someone takes something from you. If they don't understand that that is wrong, they are going to do that thing to you because they don't understand your perspective and where you're coming from. Mm -hmm. And with all of that as well, you know, a lot of this comes down to the fact that as humans, we all feel very deeply. Mike and I have talked a lot about that, of just about, you know, we are all people who feel deeply and we are emotionally connected to the things that are going on in our lives. That's what makes them so fruitful. That's what makes them so powerful and energizing and captivating. But we all are human and we are going to make mistakes. That is something that is there. And what we're trying to challenge today is going, is there going to be any grace? Because we know that grace doesn't mean that there are no consequences for our actions, but it means that someone has a chance to try again. And, you know, people love to talk about, we need to give that person a second chance. We need to do that. And that, I think that message has gotten lost or muted in this day and age. And everyone has dealt with mentally canceling someone, whether it was intentional or not. For instance, we researched some different people to try to come up with a really good way to give you the best explanation of cancel culture. And we have a perfect example. And what's even funnier about this example is that when we both read the headline, we took it at face value for a second and immediately was like, that person should be canceled. Then we looked into it deeper. And so it really goes back to the fact that we've got to stop taking things just at face value. If we're going to speak out about something, we need to be educated in looking at both sides or else we're just speaking on feelings and not facts. And it's not that we can't have facts without feelings, but we do a lot of harm when we have feelings without facts. So we jumped on the bandwagon of noticing in ourselves cancel culture. So I'll let you explain this, Mike. Yeah. So when I had first read the title of this, um, for those of you who don't know, there's someone called Jeffree Star and they're a big YouTuber and they do, um, they have a lot of different products. They do a lot of makeup tutorials. And I remember seeing that a new makeup palette was being produced by them and it was called Cremated. And this was about a month or so into the pandemic. And I saw that and I was like, oh my goodness, how do they think this is okay to be doing a makeup palette that has to do all about death? And it's like all these different colors to do with death. And I remember I just had this emotional reaction where I was like, this is wrong. I cannot believe that he thinks that this is okay to do. I was like, this is, this is wrong. This this is not acceptable. Because it looked like he was profiting off of the pandemic and almost making joke of all the people that 
have died and that have been lost in this pandemic. And I think for me, it definitely came across as, wow, he's trying to monetize the pandemic. Yes, I, I totally feel you there. And I had that same feeling too, where I was just so confused. And I was like, how can someone do this? So it was funny because then I had this emotional reaction where then I like, I took a screenshot of it and I sent it to my friends and I was like, what is this? I was like, can you believe that this is happening? And my friends were like, oh, actually, he's been in the works of doing that for a while now. And it's just now coming that it, like the product is available. So then I like had to kind of like take a step back and be like, oh, okay. So he didn't make this because of the pandemic. This was like, just has to do with like his aesthetic and like his look that that was why that they were doing that product. And it had nothing to do with this whole pandemic situation where I was like, whoa. And I kind of like took a step back where I was like, cause I was so emotionally charged being, this is wrong. And then all of a sudden I had to like take that step back and be like, okay, like, I really have to process that emotion and really understand it. And it was a good thing, you know, I, I didn't like do a huge lash out. It was just with close friends where I wanted to understand it more. But it has to do all about that, those initial first emotions that you have when you hear some sort of an information from someone. Well, and it's exactly what you're saying about going back and like looking at the facts. Like you're really fortunate that you had a circle of people that were able to give you those facts. And it didn't, it wasn't that they invalidated your feelings. It was, oh, well, yes, we can see that confusion is there, but here is what happened before. And I remember even looking at myself and when I took a step back, just like you, because I was very, very angry when I first saw it and just was in disbelief, was not at all thinking that that was okay. And it really had nothing to do with it being a makeup line, this was much deeper. And that's where that connection comes in. When we cancel something, someone or something, it's deeper than just one thing. It is deeper than one makeup palette. It is deeper than that. And when I looked at the facts, it was one, it wasn't like this person had come out and said they were coming out with this palette and they were inspired by the pandemic, okay? No, this person was announcing they were finally going on sale. And when we think about how much has to happen from start to finish to someone creating a makeup line, to testing that line, to getting it produced, like FDA, like, or however that's approved, I'm maybe I should not be on record saying FDA approval because I think that's just food, but we're just going to blow past it and just, you know what I mean? Um, but you know, like ultimately, like there's so much that happened from start to finish to him getting that done, that there's no way he could have done all of that in the time the pandemic has been. So is that fact of going, huh, so I have a feeling maybe people felt insensitive about how it was brought up and that it happened to be timing within a global pandemic and maybe it could have been explained or promoted a bit better, but that still doesn't mean that I have the right to attack that person because I didn't get all the facts. And this is where we have to talk about education because this is so much bigger than just typing something on a screen. Yeah, and I think that's so important too that you mentioned about the, how long it takes to really make a product because if you think about it, he probably had thousands and thousands of product that was ready to go for him to put that even on halt being like, oh, maybe I shouldn't be putting this out during the pandemic. 
Like, I mean, the product could expire. You could be losing millions of dollars because of that decision. So it's like, you kind of just have to go along with it. Like the momentum is already going and you have to follow through with that and it's like he, he wasn't doing it insensitively like he was doing it for his aesthetic value and it just so happened to be not the best timing that it was around the pandemic yeah and there are certain things where you go it is what it is and we can always i mean just think of even the things that we do in the best way possible i know that i will have had a conversation with someone and it went awesome it wasn't tough it wasn't hard like literally nothing possibly could come from that. And maybe I'm still going to leave that conversation and go, I could have said X, Y, Z better, even if it was the most positive, fine thing to talk about. And let alone how many times have we had an argument with someone or we have, you know, had a really tough discussion and we walk away from it. And then in the shower, three hours later, we're like, oh, I wish I had said all of this. Right. And we wish that we had said something different and we could have worded it better. And I think the ultimate reality is that the reason that we feel that way is because we understand that we've had a couple hours to process whatever that was. That is the most important part of this is the only reason that we think we could do it better is because we could. And that's because we could have acted on actual process feelings and emotions. Now, obviously that doesn't work perfect every time. There are going to be arguments. There are going to be mistakes. There are going to be things we're human, right? And there are times that we don't have four hours to say, let me get back to you in four hours and we can discuss this. But Ultimately, we've got to know that when there are big things involved and when it comes to canceling somebody or accusing people, we have got to make sure that we are not just taking things at face value because we have to think about what our actions are doing to other people. I think that's so important. And I really like how you bring up the fight example of like, we all have fights with people all the time where it's it's like, you're in the moment and you're blowing up and you're dealing with that emotion and you're saying things based on that emotion. And then you kind of go back after the conversation and you're like hours afterwards where you're like, oh man, maybe I should have said this differently. Or, you know, now that I've kind of cooled down, I can kind of see a little more of their side of things. Then that's when you realize like, oh, okay, maybe I was really being led by those emotions. And I think that's one of the biggest things is like with this cancel culture and kind of like even our example with Jeffree Star is we had that emotional response that we went off on. And what I think is, is really great too, as you mentioned in your previous podcast, your guest had said, um, what was his, his name again? Pastor? Pastor Tom Hughes. Pastor Tom Hughes. Yes. Um, sorry, my memory isn't the best. Um, but I love that he said, um, when you get information, you need to process it mind, body, and soul. And I think that is so important because that is really what you need to do is you need to like hear it yourself, then feel what it is that you need to feel because we're all going to have an emotional response about it. Mm -hmm. And what's so important is to have that time to process that emotion, to understand it, to understand maybe even where it's coming from, and then to process it and then say, okay, I think this would be my best plan of action and then going forward with it. Well, and we've even mentioned that a few times, you know, we're not saying that feelings are not important. That is so crucial to this conversation. And we've talked about that in even meditating and other things like we have to own our feelings and we need to process them and work through them. And that takes time being intentional with our words, being intentional with our time, being intentional or intentional with our actions. All of that takes work, hard work. 
So as we're, we're talking about this, I know for those who listen to the podcast often, you're going to say, how on earth are you already talking about practical tips? We are so like, we were just starting. But the thing is that this podcast is really meant to give you the tools that you need to be able to process what cancel culture looks like and how you feel called to handle things. So we want to go through some different steps and ways and explain them as we go, how we can practically process, understand, and then advocate within this cancel culture. And I think the first thing is exactly what we were saying, which is be slow to speak. We know that typically are very quick to speak. How many times do we listen to someone just so that we can be ready to respond? We're not really listening. And we have to take time and we're slow to speak. We're able to process that emotion and think through it and really just sit with it. Yes, I think that's so important. And it's like, we're not saying that to disregard that emotion, because like what I think is so important by giving it that time, you're really honoring it. And to honor it is to understand it. And so it's like you get that first initial reaction and you're like, how could they do this? And so it's like really what kind of like almost what you're saying is how could they do this to me, to other people? You have to process that emotion and just feel it for what it is and, and say, you know, like, man, this really does stink feeling this way. But, you know, I'm going to process it. I'm going to understand it. I'm going to take some deep breaths. I'm going to get myself level headed. I'm going to honor it, where that feeling is coming from. And then once you take that time for it and you relax into it and you understand it better, that's when you can start understanding it better and have more growth from it. And then that how question of how could they do this? How could this happen? And all of those feelings, you know, then we can start asking ourselves why. And that why comes from where you were talking about honoring that emotion, because we have to go, well, why did I feel that way? Why did that bother me so much? And, you know, Honestly, those questions of why to ourselves are way harder than the first where we ask how, because we have to, on our own, challenge our own emotion. In that, we're going to be uncomfortable. Tough conversations, tough questions are uncomfortable. But if we don't take time to understand, then we're not going to get there because the real question that we have to ask and that I'm even working on currently asking when I see somebody who we have effectively canceled or society is canceling, I really need to stop and say, okay, why do I feel the need to cancel that person? Like, if I find myself heading down that road, I try to do my best to stop or have good friends and accountability, just like your friends, like you were talking about with Jeffree Star, who were able to say, oh, okay, let's like slow the roll for a second. Like, let's just take a step back. You know, we've got to go, why do we feel the need to cancel them? Because we processed our emotion and now we're working to understand it. And we have to really go, why do I feel attacked by this? And then going, why do I feel like that was directed at me? Because we all know that most of social media is not directed directly at me or you. It is just there. And it's a question. It's not meant to be an attack, but it's an important thing that we need to process. And of course, we don't want to process it. So we throw our hands up and go, what? I should never have to ask myself why I support cornbread. Like, you know, like, like we just don't even want to do that, but we have to look at that other side. And what I think is so important about that why question is you can really dive into your belief system with that why question, because you're going to ask yourself, okay, why did I feel this way? 
and say, okay, well, why do I think that? And why do I think that? And at the bottom of that, why is going to be a belief that you hold, whether it's, I believe that cornbread is disgusting. I believe that the, the practices behind it are terrible and like whatever it is. But when you keep diving through that, why you're going to say, oh, well, maybe because comes down to, I just think it, it's wrong. Maybe like people are getting hurt from it or something, but like the farther you go down that why question, because it's not just a, okay, why do I feel this way? And it's, it's ends there. You have to keep going down and say, okay, well, why that? Okay, well, why this? Why this? And then once you get to the bottom, that's when you're really going to find that core belief of why you feel it's so wrong, whatever it is that they did. And so what I think is so important with that too, is that why question is directed at you where you're learning something about yourself. And so first you're making this about you and you're understanding your belief, your perspective. And then later on, we can apply that why question to the other person. Mm -hmm. And in that as well, when you're looking at where that belief came from, at some point we have to take a stand on what we believe. No matter what area that is, we have to take a stand. So we know just from life, we grow up, you know, thinking through, okay, well, my parents have taught me this, or I've learned this from my friends. And it is not that anyone has done anything wrong. We're not saying that. What is being said there is, you know, I remember being asked as a teenager at a conference, someone had said, okay, well, why do you believe in Jesus? And all of a sudden, I realized that my entire point was going to fall apart if I was basing it off of, well, this is what my parents have said, because you can't live off of someone else's belief forever. At some point, you have to decide to make it your own. And you can only make it your own when you're challenged to actually think about why you're looking at that. When we look at that why, though, I think this is where we get lost in sometimes the best and the worst way possible. When we dive into our beliefs, we are really focusing on ourselves, which is so crucial. But sometimes we take that too far and we make everything about us to the point where we are so stuck in what we believe that we don't even want to acknowledge the fact that someone can think differently than us. And instead of saying, why do you feel that way? Why do you believe that? We've taken out the ability for grace to exist. We have totally cut it out. We have said, I am right. You are wrong. This is the line. If you cross this line, we can't be friends. Well, that's a bit problematic, you know, for where we are as a country because we've taken out all the grace. We've taken out all the compassion. We are just putting our blinders on and our world is going to be really, really small if we do that. When it comes down to it, just because of society and everything, when you're growing, you look at the people who are your role models and you take everything that they say as truth and without necessarily even realizing it. And so when you got to that point where someone asked you, well, why do you believe that? For a lot of people in their beliefs, it is going to go to that face value of, oh, well, my parents told me that. Every decision is made in love. So the belief that is behind that comes from love. So like, if someone tells you something is wrong, they're telling you that because through their socialization, people have told them that this was wrong. And so for them to survive, they adopted the belief that that was wrong because they didn't want to get socially ridiculed for having that certain belief. And so when it comes down to it, all the beliefs that people hold are usually taught to them. Mm -hmm. And so having that, that compassion and also that understanding in yourself 
of, oh, okay, so like, where is this coming from? And that was like a big moment for you where you had to say, okay, well, why do I believe in Jesus? And you had to have that, that was like an aha moment where you were like, oh, okay, wait a minute. So I have these things that I believe that were just told to me. So now I have to say, okay, well, like, do I believe in Jesus? Where is that coming from? Where is it coming from my heart or is it coming from somewhere else? And so then once you have that understanding, but also then you're going to have an even stronger relationship with Jesus because it's going to come from your heart and saying, like, when someone says, why do you believe in it? And that's when you can say, I feel it in my heart. I feel like this is right. I have this that's when you're going to be more invested in because the belief is going to come from you as opposed to something that you've heard. Yeah. Following that. So if we're doing all these things, right, we're doing the work on ourselves. We're doing the things of we're processing our emotions. We're understanding them. We're using grace to look at all sides. So, and that doesn't mean that you agree with every side, but it means that you have educated yourself and educated not in your just circle of influence. I want to be very clear about that. If I were to just look at certain opinions based on within my circle, well, guess what? It's probably going to reflect what I already think because I'm not challenging it by looking at it from somebody who is outside of my circle. And I think it's really crucial really, really crucial that we are surrounding ourselves with people where we can have safe conversations. You know, I love my core people and I pride my fact, myself on the fact that I actually have fewer friends because I'm very close with each of them. And I'm intentional about it because I know that with each one of those people, I can say, hey, this is how I'm feeling about this. And I know that they feel safe enough to tell me their opinion and why they disagree with me or vice versa. And I know it's not going to be this blowout argument. It's going to be, here's why I feel this way. And you've got to make sure you are getting all different sides because if you're if you're hearing about a different side of things, from a person on your side, you're truly not getting a difference in perspective. Then we all come down to the fact of going, okay, so we've done these things. We've done them the right way. How do we go about holding other people and ourselves accountable to the mistakes we make? Because that is to sum up cancel culture. It is trying to hold people accountable and help them understand the effects that their decisions have made on the people that follow them. So how on earth do we go about this cancel culture and deciding who gets canceled and how we talk to somebody about it? Because ultimately, we need to hold them accountable. But most likely, like Mike was saying, their thought process came out of love for the people they've been surrounded with and they've known. It really wasn't probably about you directly. Exactly. And I think it's so important like what you said is is the education process because you need to educate yourself understand the issue after that education where you understand with it if it's still something that you morally feel wrong against it's about then understanding okay well i have beliefs inside of me that have been taught to me by people i looked up to so this person too is going to have beliefs that they've adopted from those role models that they had and so if their role models all held a certain perspective they're going to have a limited perspective and beliefs. And so I think what's so important is to have that compassion for the other people, just as you would give compassion to yourself for having those beliefs of saying like, oh, okay, like I understand maybe that belief that they had comes from something that they were told about. Maybe they watched something that had a very strong belief and they developed that belief from that. 
but it's like these beliefs come from love. It comes from socialization and it, it comes from survival. And so things are taught and they're passed down from generation to generation because that's how the person before them survived. And so it's like you have to get to that point where you question those beliefs. And a lot of people don't get to that point where they can question it. And so this might be their aha moment where they this is the first time that they ever have thought about the beliefs that they've taken in throughout their life that they've almost like been sleepwalking, like where they haven't really had a, a strong opinion in something that someone said something to them and they said, yep, I agree with you. And so they just kind of take those beliefs in and they keep adding it to them. And I think it's so important to have that compassion to say, okay, well, you know, maybe they did just hear it and they held on to that belief where, okay, maybe if we educate them and we share with them why we feel this way and how it affects other people, that's where that real growth can come from because then they feel more comfortable to open up because they feel the compassion that you have for them to say, hey, this is like what's happening. This is how it's affecting people. And I encourage you to understand where that belief came from in yourself. Yes. And how we handle that is so crucial because I know there's nothing that I love more. For instance, let's say that I was working on a paper and I submit it to a friend and I say, hey, can you just look at this and give me your feedback? Ultimately, there is nothing that I want to hear more than that was perfect. Don't change a thing. Just submit it. That's the greatest thing that I can hear. Now, I'm asking that person that I trust for constructive criticism, but I'm not typically as thrilled when I get that constructive criticism back as I am when they say, that was perfect, don't change anything. And that's someone who I've asked their opinion. So if I've got someone that's coming to me and is being accusatory and they're harassing me and they're telling me all the reasons why I'm wrong and they're not giving me anything constructive, well, now I'm really not gonna listen because in all reality, I don't wanna listen when someone gives me constructive criticism and that's just a human thing. It's not that we don't appreciate it, we know we need it, but we all love hearing, we don't need to change a thing. We love to hear that. It's something that I think every single human can say if we're all being really, really honest. We love hearing that we don't need to change anything rather than getting the best form of constructive criticism possible. So when you're looking at how do we go about this? How do we go to talk to somebody? How do we hold them accountable? Well, first, you've got to make that room for grace because if you don't give them a chance to apologize, well, then they're not going to know what they're doing. It's that same thing. If you don't give that kid a chance to apologize at the playground when he steals your toy because he doesn't know what's wrong, well, of course he's not going to apologize because he doesn't think he has anything to apologize for. So in all of that, all of that to say, when we point things out, we need to think about how that's going to come across to the other person. And remember, that is a human on the other side that whatever they did came out of love. Now, it may not have been the right thing to do, but it was from what they have gone through in their life. And we either are going to be helpful to them in moving forward and making better choices and more thoughtful, intentional choices with their words and their actions, rather than just coming at them and just saying, nope, this isn't going to work. And I think to Mike, have you expand more on this? I feel that what we noticed in looking at cancel culture is that when people apologize, it doesn't matter at that point with cancel culture. And I, I know you and I have talked about that and just, you know, expanding on that is now we're saying, okay, we want you to apologize. And then the person apologizes and we don't want to hear it. Mm -hmm. And I think what was so important when you mentioned 
about accusing someone because if you come at them saying you stink you did this then they're instantly on the defense because now in a sense you're attacking their character so their pride is now getting in the way where they're like oh this person's saying i'm wrong and we have this idea in society that being wrong is a bad thing but it's not and so it's like when you take that time to just take that step back like if you were to instead of it being accusatory if you said something like hey this is really upsetting to me. I really wish that it could have been done differently. This is why I'm upset. And maybe it could have been differently like this. By coming at it from that way, you're coming at it from using that compassion. Because if you just say comment on someone, you stink, I can't believe you said that. Now they don't necessarily know if you're just saying you stink because of maybe you didn't like the way that they pose in the photo or maybe you didn't like the caption. So it's like by saying and really articulating where you're coming from in a compassionate way saying like, hey, I think it was really insensitive that you said this and I was really hurt by that and I feel like my community was hurt by that because of this, this and this. Then that person can understand, oh man, I am not part of that community and I don't have that perspective. So I didn't know from my perspective that I was being hurtful to that other perspective because they couldn't understand that that perspective because they're not you and so by coming at it with a compassionate way saying hey we feel this way and maybe you could do it differently like this not only are you telling them you're educating them to help them to make changes within themselves but you're also educating them saying hey you can make more conscious content like this so by having both of those pieces to it not only are you educating them about hey this behavior wasn't good and it was hurtful but also in the future why don't you do things like this then it at least gives them some ideas of something to go forward of saying oh, okay this is how i can grow and then they can see those steps and then especially when they come forward and doing that apologizing that takes a lot for someone to come forward in a public eye and say hey i was wrong this is why i was wrong and i think it's so important to show those people compassion in a sense, you're not saying what they did was okay, but you're saying, I understand that you can grow from here. And I understand where you're coming from. Like if you're explaining it where you're coming from, I see that you're ready to grow and I see you're ready to make that change. And I think that's so important because with this cancel culture, people are kind of saying, oh, cancel, I'm never going to see you again, where I really think that you should almost stay following them because then it's like, then you can see their progress. And you can say, oh, wow, look at how much they've grown. Look, they're supporting this charity that was helpful, that helps with this. And so it's like, then you can really see that growth, but also you're encouraging that growth in them. Because it's like, if you were to just totally cancel them off and leave them to isolation, now it's like that person is going to be upset, not knowing what to do, and their whole livelihood is gone. And then maybe they really think, oh, well, they've confirmed my belief. Those people are mean because look what they did to me. Where in the sense of if you were to come out with compassion saying, hey, look, you could do this. And then you encourage that growth of saying like, wow, I can't believe how far you've come. Look at all the way that you've grown. Yeah, that comment hurt me last year. But it's so great to see the growth in you and the positive change and how you also helped other people to change those things. Because when they're encouraged to grow, they're going to encourage other people to grow. And that compassion is going to be spread along. Yep. And that's the key right there. That is the entire key is that we want to encourage growth. 
we have to be encouraging growth. You know, one of the things too that I would just say as we're kind of concluding, just talking about this topic and we want to give you space to think and formulate your own opinions on even our thoughts on cancel culture, right? Because that's the whole goal of this is that it is really important. We remember that people are going to make mistakes and we remember that it was exactly what you said is that we have been taught that mistakes we need to hide in shame. And so when we come out and we say that we've made a mistake, that is okay. So if you're sitting there and you're saying, well, I've done something wrong, that's okay. You've made a mistake. I've made mistakes. We've all made mistakes. We're not going to be perfect. And not every single battle is yours to fight. So if you realize that maybe because that person has been so insensitive and maybe you do want to still follow them and see them grow, but you just need to take a step back, it's okay to mute that person. It's okay to take some time away from social media. You do not have to fight every single battle online. We're not saying that you need to do one or the other. It's just saying we need to be thoughtful. Being intentional is hard work. Everything that we do comes down to the fact that if we want to be intentional in any area of our life, it's going to take hard work. And this is no different. So when you're thinking about cancel culture, we encourage you to be slow to speak in processing those emotions. We encourage you to ask yourself why you feel the way you feel. And if you feel attacked in any way so that you can understand that emotion, then to make room for grace, look at all the different sides, all the perspectives, and then move forward with accountability and education. But take care of yourself in this process. We all have only so much energy in a day, and we want to make sure we're doing the things that we feel called to do. So make sure just please to remember that everyone is human. And I try to think about it as if if someone were on a ledge with cancel culture, right? If someone's on a ledge and they're about to jump off a bridge, something that you see all the time in movies, you read it in books and different things, people go, no, you can fix that mistake. There is nothing too bad that you can't fix. When we cancel somebody, we have to make sure that we are not telling them the mistake you made can never ever be rectified because that is wrong. So that is just where I would challenge you to think. If you're worried that your comment is more harassment than it is constructive, filter it with that comment. Filter it with that question. Filter it as, would I say this to somebody if they were on a ledge right now saying, I have made a mistake, I have tried to apologize, and people are still telling me that I cannot do anything to make it better, so I'm better off not being here. That's not true. So those are my concluding thoughts. Mike, I don't know what your concluding thoughts are. I want to leave space for that. You said it beautifully. I loved your example of someone on the edge of a, a cliff or a bridge because it, it's so true. And, and people often feel that way sometimes. And I, I think really what is so important with that exercise is you really do see that compassion and you really understand that compassion of, okay, like this person is hurting too. I'm hurting, they're hurting. And I think by coming at it with that sense of compassion of, okay, let's talk about this and let's be compassionate as opposed to be attacking the person. I think so much growth can come from that. And as I say all the time in my contest with, because I do say it literally all the time, I constantly am telling people that we are a lot more alike if we would take the time to just talk and communicate with one another. And that's something that we stand for here on Chronically Cultivating. So we challenge you to let us know your thoughts on cancel culture. How are you doing things? We want to know. We want to grow right alongside you. And there is a community here 
that wants you and accepts you exactly as you are. And I promise that you will find that here, whether that's on living the chronic illness life, it's on my Instagram, Mike's Instagram, it's on the chronically cultivating page, all of those things here, you are going to find acceptance and love because we want to grow with you. We don't want to grow against you because we all make mistakes. So I challenge you today, ask yourself those questions, think about why, And then if you feel so inclined, let us know your thoughts, because if you have exercises and things that help you, we would love to use those too, because we're all trying to get better about deciding when we cancel someone. All right, friends, we will catch you next time. Have you been wanting to lose weight and get healthy? Now's the perfect time to start Nutrisystem. Enjoy your favorite foods made healthier, delivered free to your door. Right now, you can get Uniquely Yours Ultimate, our most complete foolproof plan at an amazing price. Order today and save 50%, plus get an extra $40 off. Go to Nutrisystem.com save and discover what millions of people already know. Nutrisystem works. Limitations apply. See website for full offer details. When the unexpected comes calling, bounce forward with Comcast Business. Bounce forward fast with internet speeds up to a gig. And bounce forward with the flexibility to update your bandwidth in just a few clicks. Get a powerful and reliable internet solution starting at $64.90 a month for 24 months with a two-year agreement. Call 1-800-501-6000 or go to comcastbusiness.com today to find out more. Restrictions apply. Limited to new Comcast Business 25 megabits internet and one voice mobility customers. Early termination fee applies. Equipment installation taxes and fees extra subject to change.